If you hear this sound, that means this episode is also featured on our YouTube channel as a video. Head over to www.youtube.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to check it out. Warning. This episode contains foul language and mentions of suicide, animal death, childbirth, and COVID-19. Paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. I hadn't said our original opening in so long. It's been a while. Each week we sit down together from across the country and talk about something weird. Weird. And this week, and this new season, it's no different. We're still bringing you the weird, but we are switching up the format. This is now episode two of our new season, so you may have listened last week and heard how we have changed it up and made it segments upon segments upon segments, giving you that helter-skelter, mishmash, sugar smash that you all <laughs> love so much. There was my preschool teacher coming up. Yep, there it is. Um, but we are back, baby. Season seven. So happy to be here. Content is staying bizarre. Don't you worry. And on this episode, we're coming at you with some body chat, declassified chat, news chat, monsters. Who knows? I don't know what's going to pop up. It's all a surprise. (laughs) But it's all coming your way right here, right now, from your ghost hosts with the most. My name is Lauren, and here with me is my lovely co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. We back. We back. We back. Season seven. We back. And Ooh. we're so thrilled. Can you tell thrilled our faces? Yeah, I'm actually like very well tired well. today. I, um, I was like, do we look sleepy? <laughs> you know, it was funny. I was like, you know what I want to talk about when we open the show? I want to talk about, and this is so silly because by the time this comes out, it's two weeks ago. It'll be two weeks ago. Three. Mm-hmm. It'll be three fucking weeks. Um, I'm excited for Scream 6. Oh my gosh, I know. I'm it going came to out see today? it tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my Are sister's you... in the theater right fucking now. I mean, of course, I was like, Jamie's going to see it at the first yeah. possible time that she can. That's why we love her. Yeah. Are you going to try and go see it we in the theater? We stand or? a Scream Queen. I, I actually am because I have seen every Scream movie since Scream 2 in theaters. And I just mm-hmm. kind of feel like I gotta. Yeah. Even it's though one of those movies I, have I to hated see Scream 5 and I was... I I railed against the Scream franchise last year um, on the Losers Club. By the way, guys, I'm also a member of the Losers Club podcast. It's a Stephen King podcast, yeah. but we talk about all kinds of things. And last year we did a some, – some of the hosts also do, if you've heard of this show, the Halloweenies podcast. Mm-hmm. They're both on the Bloody Disgusting Network. <laughs> Pretty cool. I mean like <laughs> – It's no big deal. It's whatever. Fine. But <laughs> – we did a horror roundup for the year 2022, and I shit on Scream 
so much like literally like the series needs to die and like i'm <laughs> i'm an og scream fan i was watching yeah. that shit in 1996 and i was obsessed then and i was mm-hmm. i'm still obsessed with with the original franchise the original two basically but yeah yeah, I was basically like this this series cannot continue the way it's continued like the yeah, way it's gone on. It's it's too it, there's not enough new shit happening. Sydney, poor girl, needs to move on. She either needs to be I killed know. or yeah. she needs to move on. Nice. How much trauma can I one know, person this poor go woman, through? She was trying to push her baby in a stroller in the last one and live her life and she got brought right back into it. Um, oh, I agree. Yeah, I think and changes I just, could be made, but yeah, I still, and I said it I'm just needed gonna love to freshen up. Well, that's the thing. Then I saw the trailer for the sixth one, and I was like, "Well, goddamn, I'm there." Looks Listen, amazing. That looks so good. And you know, I think element. it is. I, I don't know if you know Sydney's going to be in this one. That's going to be a surprise if she is. And they're taking it to surprise, New York yeah. City, and um, uh, Ghostface seems legitimately terrifying in this one so i'm actually really excited but like i said who fucking cares this movie came out three weeks ago everyone's seen it including us by now so why are we even talking about it i was gonna say it's gonna be so funny to see what our take (laughs) is by the time this comes out it's like wait we're gonna have to edit in video yeah cut to us like Uh. we hated it <laughs> i hated the scummy hated movie this. i hated that no i'm actually i'm really excited to um yeah. i'm excited to, to see it in the theater on opening weekend too because with scream five i unfortunately didn't make it to the theater i mean i went like a week later so it was still right. a pretty crowded theater but i don't remember why i couldn't go opening weekend but i really missed that opening the weekend energy. feel mm-hmm. yeah so i'm excited to be in a theater of a bunch of people like screaming their heads off and cheering and it'll be fun I haven't had that experience in about a decade because I usually go to matinees or I'll go weeks and weeks and weeks after a movie's released so that I can I mean, guarantee same. I'm the only one in the theater. But Or uh, we'll you see. might what else? be <laughs> the only people in the theater next to a man with a giant garbage bag coughing and clearing his throat. Do you that remember that? That scared the shit out of me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that was when you said you're insidious too. Yeah, that was that was insidious too, which is already already scary movie. Yeah, it is. Um, So to have someone in the theater (laughs) who is just as scary as the film was a real trip. I I don't know what I was more scared of. It was a lot happening. Anyway, what else? What um, are you excited about? Any other horror movies that are being released this year? Yet. Yes, but I can't think of them on the spot because I actually think it was something you put in our newsletter. Sometimes I get my movie news from our own newsletter, what, what Ashley puts in there. So that's just like a little plug for the newsletter. But I am blanking on what's even coming out. I'm sure I was excited about something. Uh, the Haunted Mansion trailer looks fucking great. It looks – I'm excited for that. It looks like I'm a lot I'm excited of fun. for the Haunted Mansion movie. Um, yeah. I love Lakeith Stanfield. Mm-hmm. I oh also gosh. just saw Megan finally. Oh, uh, I watched that too. It's actually it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Yes, thank you. I was Please. just talking to a friend about it. Big surprise. Run, don't walk. It. Yeah, Megan is Megan slays. Megan's a queen. It's so good. I didn't realize how much it was going to be both like, I mean, had some good jumpy, creepy elements and also, you know, was making fun of itself and had yeah. that campiness to it. I didn't realize how self-aware the movie was going to be. I wasn't giving mm-hmm. it enough credit. I was like, what are they doing? Yeah. And I really liked it. 
It was great. really good. I'm so thrilled that they have decided that Megan is going to be, you know, a franchise. Uh, and we're going yeah, to see more need. of her. So yeah. I I'm here for it. Thank thank the movie gods. Um <laughs> Because I also heard recently that they're like, we're going to remake Lord of the Rings. And I'm like, why? Who who and Wh- why? Who, who has asked why? for that? Well, I'm sure nerds somewhere. Sorry, nerds. Sorry, nerds. nerds. But I don't um, think so. I'm pretty in- sure. Husband included. Yeah, Nobody I'm pretty sure the nerds are even like, we. Do, you gave us three perfect films. Well, and there's a TV show now, isn't there? I feel I, like Alex was yes. geeking out about a show. And I, I think He was so. like, want to watch? And I said, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. No, I can't. I tried to grab I mean, my, I, my nose and my glasses. <laughs> oh. I I can't do fantasy regardless. Like the original Lord of the Rings, as much as I can appreciate it, mm-hmm. I don't care and I don't enjoy it, and I don't yeah. watch Game of Thrones. So same, same girl, same. I even tried to watch Dune. Um, I didn't even try. <laughs> Because I knew I wouldn't like it. I mean, it. I tried like a week ago. That movie's been out for what, like two years now? Totally. And I've, I've tried and and I think we got about 40 minutes in. And I said, can we not do this? Can we do can anything this be else? Over? Let's turn it off. Let's watch Real Housewives of New York instead. I know, yeah. Can we that's, turn on that's what I mean. Vanderpump Rules? Um, uh, I'm trash. Is what I'm trying We're to trash say. together is the important part of this podcast. And you're well, all trash with us, too. And you're all trash with us. Don't deny it. Let's um, go into our first segment of the day. I called this segment, I Had a Thought. She did it. Yay, she did it. Um, I had a thought... <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, so please. Um, this segment will might mostly be mine because it's it's a nightmare up here. Um, but <laughs> I mean, same. I seem to bring a lot of these thoughts to the podcast already. But I thought it'd be nice to have a place for myself, you, a guest, to chime in with a thought that they had that was weird or inspiring, mind blowing, life changing, etc. You always have those thoughts and you I, make people like question their sanity. It's yeah. great in a good way. <laughs> it's a real mess. Brill- so the other night. But it's a brilliant mind. <laughs> Thank you. The other night I was laying in bed. <laughs> I was thinking about two women I'm close to. One being Laura, our resident witch. Uh, and the other being my sister-in-law, Haley, who I love very much. Both of them were in labor at the time. Like at the hospital, in labor, delivering two baby girls on international women's day during a full moon just fyi we've got two real tough cookies on our hands fellas okay these little babies are gonna rule the world so shout out to reggie and harper you guys have so much cool stuff to experience and i'm so excited for you i love that it was international women's day it's amazing (laughs) so i was thinking about them being in labor and it got me thinking about myself and how I'm, I'm never going to experience that and how I've never actually even pictured myself experiencing it. And I thought, how interesting. I've never even taken the time to like imagine myself laying there, legs spread, epidural in for sure. Like, mm-hmm. who are we kidding? Mm-hmm. I'm not doing mm-hmm. that without drugs. And then I had this overwhelming sensation that I have been in labor before, that I have given Whoa. birth many times and like not straight up memories but like definitely flashes of 
of images popped into my head and absolutely they could have been memories of films that I had seen, not my own experiences. I'm not, I'm not saying I definitely had a vision of past lives, but it got me thinking because I believe in reincarnation. Like I, I mm -hmm. pretty, pretty close to wholeheartedly believe that as souls, we go somewhere when we die and that it is definitely possible we come back and experience life as a human being again. I believe in soulmates reincarnating together over and over. I believe in this. Yeah. And yet for some reason when it comes to myself, I feel sort of weird being like in my past lives, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, our lovely medium, Amy Goldenberg, said once, and I don't remember if it was on the show or if it was in private, so I wish I could reference the episode if it exists. But she said that the reason she's choosing not to have children, aside from the fact that she's she doesn't really want them, is yeah. that so many of her ancestors and past incarnations were forced into births they didn't want Ooh. And yeah. she felt as though she was almost honoring herself, honoring her soul, honoring her ancestors by not putting them through another traumatic experience doing something they don't want to do. Because let's be honest, even though most people say they're cool with it, a lot of people have secret or very not secret problems with women who say they don't want children or aren't having children. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, it just got me thinking because like I had a great childhood. I have a great relationship with my parents. I really love mm -hmm. babies. Like I like smooshing mm -hmm. them. I like kissing babies. them, smelling them. Um, I do think the act of like birthing and or raising a child is incredibly special and amazing. But I have never wanted it. Yeah. Ever. I've just never in my entire life been interested in doing it myself. And I wonder if it could possibly be because of past life experiences of past life that is interesting so you because you think there may have been a time you were in labor before like that's rattling around in your brain you said you had a feeling about that yeah like i had that, this overwhelming that feeling that meaningful. like you have given birth before yeah because I was just sort it. of, I wasn't sitting, I wasn't like bummed that I would never experience it, but it was definitely like, oh, that's something I'll never experience. How interesting. And then like immediately it was like, yes, you have. Wow. You have experienced it. Yeah. I feel like if that popped into your head, that's meaningful. And you are somebody who has had prophetic dreams before and, you know, strong feelings that's and true. intuition about things in the world. So when I hear you say that, that... It makes me think it means something and it's not just your brain yeah. playing some tricks, having some jokes. Like I feel like you were told that in your head for a reason. Past and life, I don't want whoever you were. anyone to be like, oh my God, she thinks that she's experienced it. Like anyone right. that has a kid, because I'm sure like if I heard that, I'd be like, you don't fucking know shit. And I'm not right. saying I do. <laughs> you know nothing about my I am not claiming to know what it's like to give birth because maybe in a past life I gave birth. But it was just right. such an overwhelming sensation. And I just couldn't stop thinking about that, about how, how many women throughout history who, I mean, you've given birth. How mm -hmm. traumatic was that experience? I mean, it's lovely. Very it's wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah. But it is traumatic. It is traumatic. I say that to people all the time where I, it's tough because I know people struggle with infertility and, you know, people who have, you know, they've gone through miscarriage, whatever it may be. Like, I always want to be sensitive to that and say, I understand how much of a gift it is to have my son and that my body was able to do it pretty easily, even though being pregnant was a struggle. It, it happened very quickly for us. I know 
that that is special and I'm grateful for it. But at the same time, the reason that we haven't had a second child yet, I've said this to Ashley before, is because I'm still traumatized by the labor, by the birth, even by the pregnancy. I had a very painful and getting sick every day type of pregnancy. So the trauma from that has made me not want to have a second child and to, you know, if we do really have the desire to give Wilder a sibling to consider other options, whatever that may be. But yeah, it is traumatizing to the body, to the mind, you know, all the mental health issues I went through. It's, it's a lot. I mean, there's, there's, you know, it, you have post-traumatic stress disorder, essentially after you give birth, there's, there's postpartum depression, there's postpartum psychosis. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can really, really, really fuck you up. It's actually a very, very, very traumatic experience. And like the, the joy and the gift is that if you're lucky and everything goes well, you end up with, you know, your baby who will Mm -hmm. be all you think about care about love for the rest of your life and that's beautiful but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's it's like fucking barbaric still yeah right i agree completely the act of giving birth yeah and that's the thing is you never are you never once have claimed like i know exactly how it feels but i think that is interesting that you've never had the desire to do it and it makes just makes me think something is going off in your brain saying in a past life you've gone through this. Do you remember what the pain feels like? No, but you know something is telling you like I don't I don't need to do this. Yeah, it was that. almost like something was like, "Hey, like you have." So like don't don't think that or feel that about, you know, your experience this time around. Uh, right. because you have and you maybe you will again. Um but mm-hmm. it, it it I I don't have any qualms with it. I'm very like very okay with never having kids also like mm-hmm. give a tip to everyone shut up agreed <laughs> i don't want to hear shut up. any of your opinions about me choosing to not have children yeah. ever agreed um, too many opinions on that there's so much and like every time i think everyone's chilling out about it um Mm-mm. i'm wrong so yeah i agree the mom shaming has to stop i feel like i follow so many parenthood social media accounts that it's in my face all the time of like I can't believe people would not have children and then what really sucks is then you have one kid and you're shamed for not having more so it's like I can't win women had a child and I'm still shamed. women cannot win uh you cannot win win because then you have a child and if you don't stay home and take care of your child then you are Mm -hmm. shamed for that and if you do decide to stay home and take care of your child you're shamed for not uh getting a job it's women cannot win Truly, give us a break. But um, extra, extra, read all about it. Ashley's got a question and we want to talk about it. Go questions. <sighs> we got to work on that one. This question comes from. <laughs> I love it. I'm, it's growing uh, on me. Yeah, yeah. This question comes from Reddit user Two Shoes Frampton. And they asked. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is the best name. I love it. Uh, and I kind of already answered it, but what experience have you had that would make you believe you had a past life? Lauren, have you ever had a moment where you thought that you had a past life, whether it was a soulmate or an, a phobia or an experience you felt like you'd experienced before? Yes. There was somebody that I met at which – 
oh, this is like a longer story that I'm not going to tell in the podcast, but <laughs> I will shorten it and say at one New Year's Eve, I was out partying, doing some like not great things. This was in my like eating <laughs> real cake. heavy party days, just eating cake and some eating a lot cake. of cake. Um, but like one thing I remember of that night amidst all the partying is we somehow ended up at some house party at the end of the night. Like don't even, didn't know the person who lived there. It was that kind of night where I was like, hello, I'm here. Somebody brought me. And I ended up sitting, first of all, I walked in and I immediately was sobered up in a way. Like I had been pretty drunk. I'll just leave it at that. And suddenly I started to see clearly. And I remember looking around the house and thinking, I've been here before, mm. but I had not. And I was like searching all of my memories. Like, why would I have been here? Of course I haven't been here. I don't know any of these people, but the house looked familiar. Whatever. I brushed it off. I was like, it could look like another house I've been to in Los Angeles. But then I met somebody and sat on the couch with him and talked to him for like three hours. Um, it was one of the roommates of like the, it was house. one of the roommates living in that house. I think there were like four of them, but uh, I sat and talked with this guy all night, and I remember thinking that he was someone I had met before. It was that same thing, this overwhelming feeling. And I kept asking him, have you met me before? Have I been here before? Yeah, I know, know I sound other? psychotic, but I swear we've met, and you know, we tried to connect our lives. Have you ever been to this? Blah, blah, blah. And we couldn't find a connection. But there was something pulling me towards this person and that house. And every time it was in, it was nearby Park La Brea. It wasn't actually in that community, but right, right. kind of in that zone. And every time I'm driving up La Brea, I like, I remember the street and I, you know, I always kind of like give it a bow, give it a wave as I drive by like you. Thank you. You're something special to me over there. Um, yeah. And I, what's awful is again, because of just the kind of night it was, I don't remember that guy's name. I remember Ugh. his face. I feel like right. it's burned in my mind. But, like, we didn't trade information at all. And so it's just, like, this face and this house that I felt a connection to. And I have no idea why. So that I that is, I guess, kind of an unexplainable thing. That could mean nothing or for sure it could mean in my past life maybe for sure yeah I guess. well so that's I the thing that. about like the thought that popped into my head it's like that could be nothing that could just be like a thought that popped in your head and you thought more of it than you know you're thinking too much into it but at the same totally. time like there are moments like that that are different because you know you've been to other parties before where you've connected with someone and yeah. you know and had a great conversation yeah, we were and then the... you don't you don't still remember them 10 years later you know what I mean yeah, like totally I do think that there's things like that that happen where even I have this thought too sometimes especially when like deja vu happens because mm -hmm. some people have this theory that like oh that's when your timelines align or right. like that's when you know you're doing something that maybe you did on another timeline and I've thought about mm -hmm. that too where like I've had an experience and I was like this feels so like I've done this before I've been here before it's a little yeah. reassuring because then it's mm -hmm. like oh well maybe I'm on a good correct path yeah I'm but also right path. two yeah. timelines have done this <laughs> two <laughs> times how, how bad could it be all right if two timelines have done it how bad could it be seems like I'm supposed to be here yep. <laughs> yeah I know th those are just the things that I can't help but wonder like you said I had a thought it's totally that. Like, what if? What if? 
I have experienced this before. Hmm. Listeners, we want to know your stories as well. Call us at 626-686-1821. Leave us a message and answer the question, what experience have you had that makes you believe you had a past life? We love it. We love it. And we love that. Okay. Beep, beep, beep. It's time to follow Miss Frizzle down some random kid's throat because we got to know more about our body. This be a normal field trip. Body time. It's body time. Miss Frizzle rocking in the house tonight. Uh, Lauren, what did you bring for us today? I'm so fucking excited. I hope this becomes a regular segment as we, you know, are forming this new format and deciding what segments are going to last and what our weirdos vote for and like, because I really enjoy talking about the body and especially our crazy and wild brain. Um, last season in our biology episode that we did with our guest, Rachel, I talked about certain sounds and why they can irk us. And we talked about memory recall of music, even in Alzheimer's patients and all of that kind of stuff. So that was my first little dive into the brain and our senses. And today I'm talking about our nosies, our sense of smell and our brains. So just going to another sense. So get those sniffers ready. Get those sniffers ready. Um, My first question to you, though, before I dive in, is what, when you hear of people having COVID-19, because I know you never got it, correct? No, I fucking haven't. One of the rare ones. I've had it twice. So I'm not special. I realize that I'm doing this, like, fun thing, and, like, most people are still just listening to the show. But if you could see me right now, <laughs> true. No I am celebrating. She's dancing because she's never had COVID. How superior I am for never having you, COVID. You Joe really and I are. talked about this recently. We were like, we had Queen to have energy. fucking had it, right? Like, we had to have had it at some point. Like, how do we I mean, get away with neither of us having it? But anyways, no, I have right. not had COVID. Okay. But when you hear of somebody having COVID, what are like some of the main symptoms that you hear about? What are the common ones that jump out at you where you're like, well, you're going to get the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So um, I hear a lot about headaches and stuffy noses. I hear about body aches and pains. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest one, the one that I always test myself on, like the other day I was chopping up, I roasted some garlic, like some fresh garlic and I was chopping it up and I couldn't smell it. So I yeah. called Joe in the room and I was like, can you smell this Pant. garlic? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, it's just like randomly the unsmelliest garlic that's ever existed. Right. But lack of, lack of smell and taste. Yeah. 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 Lack of smell and taste, which has stuck with people for months. I think now some, did, did you have I, that when you had COVID? Yes, but just for like two weeks, I lost my sense of smell the first time, but not the second time. The second time was more about headaches and body aches, but I lost my sense of smell and taste for a couple weeks, which seems to be the most common. But my brother-in-law, Julia's husband, he lost his sense of smell for, I think, a year and then finally like just got it back recently. That would be so hard. So miserable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, loss of smell and taste is a huge one. And then also a lot of people have reported brain fog, um, since they've had it, which like that seems to be more common than I even thought. But I started thinking about brain fog and how wild it is to experience and to witness people that I know and love going through it. Both of my parents who have had COVID possibly more than once have been experiencing brain fog. They were just out to visit me and it felt like 
they were forgetting basic words that they never would have forgotten before. And so I know it'd be easy to say they're getting older. That happens, but it's, it's been like sudden. It felt, it felt different. And I myself have noticed it too, where basic words are escaping me. I find myself searching my mind for very common things, people's names. And I feel like I always say, Oh, it's mama brain or maybe it's COVID brain or whatever. But it just, it got me thinking. And unfortunately, brain fog still is kind of a mystery. Like scientists yeah. and people in the medical community are trying to figure it out. But right now it seems to be attributed to inflammation in the brain, okay. probably caused by an infection of some kind. And it makes us struggle with memory recall, but it's possibly treatable. Just rest and, you know, self-care and doing little mind games, little like math equations online or memory games to try and sharpen up. But Or take eat. Eat some shrooms. Or eat some shrooms. Eat They're some really shrooms. good for your brain. It can maybe... Well, because when, when I... When I open your mind. When I did um, uh, the episode where I talked about how shrooms may have um, uh, sped up or enhanced or caused human evolution. And we talked about how the brain works and how, like, there are neural pathways that are you know, created in your brain. And especially if you are right. on something like a psychedelic, new neural pathways are created like constantly, which is why you, you have the experiences that you have. So I imagine mm -hmm. inflammation can really sort of like even cut off some neural pathways that you've already created. Right. Totally. Yeah. It's just, it's violating everything up in there. So it's, but it's frustrating. I mean, I saw, again, I get frustrated. My parents get frustrated. I have yeah. friends Some going through it. Some people can't read I... anymore. Oh, my goodness. Like, they literally can't read anymore. Like, that's they can insane. read. They can understand words, but they can't, like, read a book. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, like, it, it's just wild to me. And I know that there only so much research can be done on it. But it this is kind of how I got down this path. And so then my journey kind of turned to memory loss connected with loss of sense of smell because I never mm. really put those two together but it's interesting that they're both issues in COVID mm. and I was like is this just a coincidence or is there more so here we go on a little <laughs> brain journey um, to date nobody has specifically studied memory among individuals who have lost their ability to smell okay. in a pre-COVID world which we would kind of need that data to compare today with you know what happened with COVID-19 but we, you know, if there's a little bit more time, it's starting to be studied more. And here's what we know, at least at the basis. The sense of smell, the olfactory function, it's called, um, you have an olfactory system. And when a smell is detected, the olfactory neurons in the upper part of the nose generate an impulse that is then passed to the brain along the olfactory nerve. And then that part of the brain, this arrives at first, is the olfactory bulb. And then that sends the signal to give the information to where it needs to be about what you are smelling to the areas that are close by. This is all the limbic system, which I feel like we've talked about before. The limbic system is comprised of structures in the brain that are connected to mood, memory, behavior, and emotion. The amygdala and the hippocampus are in that. Ever heard the of them? The things that make us human. Who we are those famous things. So um, the limbic system is often regarded as being the most primitive part of the brain because these structures were present in the first mammals ever. So yeah. knowing that helps scientists understand that sense of smell really is something so important to how our minds work because it's been there since the beginning before brains got a bit more advanced. So 
The sense of smell is closely linked with memory more than any of the other senses, Mm -hmm. which actually surprised me because I know I've read a lot about being a visual learner and how things that you only hear are only retained like about half the time, whereas things that you can see and witness are, you know, it's multiplied by a bunch. So you never forget a smell, but you never forget a smell. That's what I'm saying. So I was like. The eyeballs are obviously important. Those eyeballs really help you with memory and retaining information. But those with full olfactory function may be able to directly connect smells to particular memories. It is Mm. one of the easiest ways to bring back an event, bring back an emotion that you felt like you smell, I don't know, an app, in an apple orchard in the fall. And you're like, this reminds me of that time we had a picnic, went on this field trip, whatever it may be. Or... I know the smell of a hospital can bring out difficult memories for people and make them feel mm-hmm. sad about a memory We've when all they were seen there. Real and Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh my gosh! You smell like a hospital. Ab- <laughs> you smell like a hospital. Yeah, Mary. Oh my gosh! Mary. Horrible. Go on. Yes. Ah, uh, uh, horrible. But yes, that is. I mean, that's a perfect example. We all know that smell. Um, It happens to me all the time, and it's a pretty wild phenomenon that the human brain is capable of, that you just get that trigger and right up your nostrils, and you're taken back to this point. And so I actually, before we went on, I wanted to ask you if you had one that you have experienced where you smell something, and you're like, oh, yep, that's this. Well, you know what? I haven't smelled it again, but it's something I've never forgotten. Uh, Someone I dated uh, when I was 18, I won't say their name. Their car had a very, very, very specific smell. Wasn't bad. Wasn't good either. Just a smell. And their car, they had a used car, so like it could have been there the whole time. They didn't seem to notice it. I never brought it up. But it's Mm -hmm. something that I, like as soon as you said that, I was like their car. Like it like popped in my head. I've never smelled Mm -hmm. it again. And I've always wondered why it smelled that way. Like what was Mm -hmm. it that made it smell that way? It was almost a... Like sour, but not in a bad way. Not in like a yeah. ew, stinky, like a sour smell. Yeah, like I can't be in here. And I, I can't ever forget it. Like I can, I can't even you describe can it. But it. I can almost smell it. You can almost it. Yeah. yes. Yeah, that's I can what's smell fascinating it, but I can't too. describe it. Yep. I. That's what is so fascinating to me too. Is when I think about a a smell memory that I have, I can almost like recreate it in my nose right now. Yeah, like, like exactly you can recreate it in your head, but like I couldn't yeah. possibly even give you like, it smells like dot, dot, dot. Exactly. There's nothing But there. you'll never forget but it. So yeah, it. it happens and it's so fascinating to me. And in addition to being the sense most closely linked to memory, we've now learned smell is also highly emotive, as we were just saying. Yeah. It's not, it might not be an exact memory or event. It is for some people, it'll bring up, you know, a special time or a very difficult time. But you could just be flooded with a feeling related to a smell. It makes you feel happy. It makes you feel upset. It makes you feel sick to your stomach, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. You could, you will be flooded with emotion. And I mean, the perfume industry, like that's what they're built around is trying yeah. to trigger that in people of like, I want you to feel saucy. I want you to feel romantic. Which was blah, blah, weird blah, blah. because I remember the perfume that a lot of girls used in grade school was the Lucky Brand perfume, which smelled like baby powder. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even as a child, I was like, that's creepy. Like, I, why do I want to, I don't creepy. want to smell like a smell baby. Like a kid? Yeah. Anyways. I don't like that. Yeah. So that's also a creepy thing the perfume mm-hmm. industry has done. I don't like it. But, um, 
Yeah. Smell is actually really important when it comes to attraction between two people. Yeah. Research has shown that body odor and pheromones, all of that, they're produced by genes which make up our immune system and they can help us subconsciously choose our partners. We're kind of sniffing them out the way dogs do. And like kissing even is thought by scientists to have developed from sniffing and thinking like that first kiss that ever happened between two people back in the day, which I'm just immediately imagining two cave people like smashing their faces <laughs> together, which makes me laugh. But um, kissing is thought to be maybe it was this primal instinct of, you know, they were kind of smelling each other. They wanted to get a, a lick, get a taste. Yeah, I mean, we're animals. Of this like, other look person. at how like cats greet each other, dogs greet each other. It's immediately yes. like sniffing. Sniff. Yeah, yeah, they're in that butthole. They're right in that butt. <laughs> they're right in there. <laughs> And that is, yeah, that's how humans started, too. You're wanting to smell or taste your partner, and that is probably where kissing came about. And even, like, I had a friend once tell me she was borrowing my sweater. I think we were at Disneyland. And she put it on, and I remember being so self-conscious because I had been wearing it, and I had been sweating, which is why I took it off, and she, for some reason, was freezing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it probably smells like my body odor. But she put it on and was like, ah, it's got that Lauren musk. And I was like... What? I have a musk. That, I have a musk. Doesn't but make she me feel great. It in a positive. I know. I was like, use I the hate, word musk. I just hate the word musk. I hate <laughs> it so much. It's like it's just like moist to me. I hate it. Yeah. But she was like, no, no. I mean it in a good way. Like it's a comfort because it's your smell. It's like it's well, just the nice. Lauren smell, and it's not bad. So it ended up being a nice thing. But that that is so true. That like people have a smell. I mean, Alex has a smell, and oh, I definitely. love it. It's like if I curl up next to him in bed, it's like that's the Alex smell, and it's just. It's part of the attraction. It feels like a safe space. So I've always thought that was really cool, too. And the nose is powerful. And we get an emotional response from it. Also, it's, like, built into our bodies that, you know, we kind of have a protection. If you smell something that's rotten or you smell smoke, you know that that could mean danger and to stay away. So we have all these things that are in common as humans, but then also we can smell things from a totally different perspective. Like, you were just talking about the perfume, you were, I know you were thinking of it in a creepy way with the baby powder, but mm -hmm. also some, I'll smell a perfume on someone where I'm like, that is like old lady too strong, like get out of my face. But to that person, it's their favorite scent in the world. Yeah. And I think that's a cool thing too, that we kind of have these common smells that we all know are bad and dangerous. And then we can be totally different on everything else and think one thing is great. And one thing is Yeah. Bad. I remember so growing I up, like, great. you know, loving the smell of gasoline. Oh, still do same. still love it yeah i remember I my smell. aunt loved the smell of skunk like some people really like foul smelling things uh -huh. and, and you can't help it it's fascinating and like how you know jeffrey dahmer r.i.p jeffrey dahmer uh <laughs> did not he was not bothered at all by the smell of rotting flesh like it literally coming out of his apartment. Yeah, it did not affect him in any way, um, and he right. would have people be like, before they knew like what he was doing, be like, "What is that? Can't you can't smell that? Like that doesn't bother yeah, you?" And it's so just like bad. he just didn't. And I don't know. I, I assume he could smell. Um, I right. don't know if I ever read anywhere that Jeffrey Dahmer couldn't smell. Yeah, it just couldn't. like didn't trigger that part of his brain that's like alert, alert, alert. This is gross. This is bad. This right. is gross. Yeah. Yeah, which again, that is so fascinating to me that Very. we can all receive smells so differently up in our brains. And along that line of you saying, yeah, I don't know if he fully had a sense of smell. 
On the negative side, when it comes to sense of smell, given that it clearly plays an important part in our psychological makeup, um, anosmia, the term for losing your sense of smell, Mm -hmm. anosmia sufferers often talk of feeling isolated and cut off from the world around them Mm -hmm. and experiencing a blunting of their emotions when they lose their sense of smell because they are not able... Not have a sense of smell? When you just said that, I was like, well, wait a second. <laughs> wait, hold on. Because it can, it can send people into like deep, deep despair, wow. dark depression. It really messes with your mental health when you lose it because you're not able to conjure up as many emotions. Yeah, well, and especially when you lose it. if you're someone who had it and then lost it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, you don't know what you got till it's gone type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you did have your sense of smell and then did not, if you were born with it, that's one thing, but to lose it during your life, you know what it's like to have it. And when you lose your sense of smell, you're losing taste as well. So yeah, it's like, you can't enjoy like foods just anymore. Fucking, uh, end Awful. it. Yeah. Clock truly. me out. It's, I'm done. Which I remember when I had COVID and didn't have my sense of smell, I remember how upset it made me because I, you know, I was, finally getting an appetite back after having three really sick days and wanting to eat some of my favorite meals couldn't taste them couldn't enjoy them so then i was just like waking up and eating toast i was gonna say you might as well fucking just drink broth truly so i was like nothing is enjoyable about this so honestly i get it but i mean these people feel totally cut off and like they can't Mm. connect with people anymore not connecting over food not connecting over memories and emotions and then it starts to mess with all of your memory recall because your brain just kind of stops using that area and then it's things start to deteriorate so it can just get worse and worse and then because of the depression which also deeply affects your memory recall when things start to deteriorate like it's you're just going to spiral and you know not be able to use certain parts of your brain so it's really scary and sad that that could happen and you wouldn't know an anosmia sufferer unless they opened up about it. Yeah. So that's another thing is, you know, they're not talking about it. It's not really recognized, which I had never even heard this word before. But um, if anyone wondered, February 27th, we just missed it, is Dang. Anosmic Awareness Day. I didn't even realize that existed. So we, we only missed it by a couple of weeks. But next year, I'm marking it in my calendar because these people, <laughs> these people deserve awareness. a day. They do. Um, but yeah, it's just really scary that it can spiral into all of those memory issues and then, you know, it can really mess with your mental health. But research has also shown that loss of olfactory function can be an indicator of something far more serious, um, usually happening with more elderly people. It is an early sign of Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Well, what the hell? I had no idea this was a sign, but it's apparently like one of the very first signs that something is going to happen. It's like the sense of smell goes and then it'll still be probably several years before, you know, the motor skills leave and right. all of the basic functions. But it's it's a big sign if you lose your sense of smell as you get older, because that is going to trigger all of the memory issues from there. So it's a sign of one of those very bad conditions, unfortunately, and it's something to keep an eye on if, you know, somebody loses that function. So I had no idea about that. And severe illness aside, injury can cause it too. Um, the bony plate in the nose that connects to the olfactory bulb, which in turn sends signals to the brain, is super sensitive to injury, mm. as a, as is our head in general. Yeah. But, um, any head trauma essentially could shear that plate off and cause people to lose their sense of smell entirely, making them anosmic. And if you want to protect your nose, wear a helmet when you ride a bike or you do extreme sports (laughs) and 
try to catch your fall with your hands if you trip, but, I mean, try to protect your noggin and your schnoz, because they're very important. And losing your sense of smell, I never realized how traumatizing it is, but of course, it, it makes sense. I've just yeah, never Yeah, I can imagine it being it. extremely disorienting. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you can adjust to losing that sense a lot quicker um, at least just in your day-to-day than losing your eyesight or your hearing of or course. touch. Touch would be horrible. You'd be injuring yourself right. constantly. But um, So I, 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 I know that it's disorienting, but I'm sure that you can, you know, live a fairly normal life. But, yeah, that, that sure. makes sense that it would cause neurological issues because it's all mm-hmm. in your brain. Like the yeah, smell is it's direct. All connected. I mean, all of your senses it's a straight are directly, shot. <laughs> yeah, um, related right. to our brains. So I can imagine mm-hmm. if you lose one, and like the the way that the brain rewires itself for people who do lose their eyesight, the way that right. their brain is able to legitimately, like, completely. I guarantee, like, if we were to scan them, if we had the technology, a brain of someone who was blind would be look completely different than my brain. Because oh, of a thousand percent. the shit that's then the other senses are heightened mm-hmm. when you lose that one. So yeah, different areas are going to be And you have people that up, can like different... now lo- use like echolocation, which is exactly. just wild. <laughs> wild. I know. It's why I'm like, I love brain talk because it's so wild what our brain can do. And it will adapt to situations like this, of course, like you said. And this isn't, I can't imagine it's not losing a death your sight sentence. Or losing but, your, it isn't at all, but I just never thought about how much memory recall is associated with smell. And it, reading it all, and as I'm saying it now, it makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah, it's like, duh. But it wasn't until that COVID conversation came up where it's like, huh, people are losing their sense of smell for long amounts of time. And they're also getting brain fog. It just made me put the connection together and it's it's real yeah and we're trying to learn more about it so we'll see yeah i saw an article released recently uh it might have been released today actually where um they were saying that like long covid and and people who have had covid that it shows up as a neurological disorder or disease mm-hmm. so like yeah you know, you could be like, yeah, I had COVID. It wasn't that big a deal. It was like the flu. It really wasn't. Like it actually mm-hmm. kind of like if you were to actually go in and, and have tests run, I guarantee mm-hmm. they would be able to find that it has affected your your. It's had a large impact. Yeah. Neurons. For sure. Yeah. And again, I've had it twice, which I know is not like great to say, but I... I've never been a brilliant person by any means, but I just noticed my, my memory recall is it's struggling and it it really pisses me off when I can't think of basic words or like basic phrases. I'll want to make a joke to Alex and it'll just get stuck and I will freeze and that has never happened to me before. And then I, when I saw it happening to my mom, I was like, Oh gosh, this is a thing. (laughs) So it's crazy, but yeah. Keep your wow. nose alive. You can actually exercise your nose, which I know sounds silly, but like if you are taking a walk down the street, like walk up to flowers and bushes and trees and smell yeah. them and smell your environment cuz constantly sniffing around and you know processing what you're smelling is like the workout for the nose. So yeah. keep it going. I guarantee, well I don't guarantee, but I think it could be a black mirror episode at least that you in the future or in a black mirror episode could potentially turn off receptors to bad smells in your brain. 
Like for people who like don't want to smell shit anymore, they can like have a <laughs> surgery or procedure poo. where like the the smell of poo will not that register. Area won't. Yeah, isn't that weird? That's I a weird that. thought. Um, it is, but I like it. <laughs> let's go with one more segment today. This segment I'm calling declassified. I'll add sound effects to all these so they sound a little bit better than uh, just me saying declassified. How's that sound That's effect? good. Yeah. Um, yeah it's going to be declassified you. with a belch at the end. In this segment, which I'll pull out once or twice a year, I'm sure we'll be uh, sharing with you some of the craziest things that we've learned from declassified CIA government documents. Not necessarily new information, but things that we have learned in the past from these documents that we didn't know of or didn't know the whole story of prior to their declassification. Uh, and on this week's Declassified, we're talking about how the U.S. government has tried and failed to use our furry friends in national defense. The American government oh actually has quite a history with using animals as spies and weapons, and we know that now thanks to declassified documents. What have they done? Now, a lot of us will laugh at people who say birds aren't real because, of course, birds are real. Or are they? Or are they? Pigeon photography. <laughs> <laughs> Pigeon photography uh, was definitely a thing. It was actually invented stop. in 1907 by a German man named Julius Neubronner who had used uh, pigeons before this to deliver medications, which is lovely. Um, yeah. A homing pigeon was fitted with an aluminum vest to which a lightweight time-delayed mini camera could be attached. And his patent, he applied for a patent for this, and it was rejected because people were like, absolutely not. But then not he produced the photographs that these dirty little birds took, and they granted the patent immediately because it was it was like incredible what these birds could Amazing take pictures of. So, and again, it's remember, like 1907, we didn't have drones. We didn't have, like, commercial flights. Right. We didn't have helicopters. If you wanted that view from the top. You had to use a pigeon. So yeah. uh, he published his technique in 1909 in Dresden. And pigeon photography was tested during World War I, but as far as we know, wasn't used very much. And the idea was brought up again during World War II, and we do know war pigeons were deployed extensively during World War II. But oh. to this day, that part of the CIA documents remain classified. We know that the CIA developed a battery-powered camera designed for espionage pigeon photography, but the details of how and where and how much we use them are still big old secrets. We don't know. Oh, my gosh. Those secrets. Those secret birdies. dirty birds. <laughs> this next one... <laughs> was called Project Acoustic Kitty. This was a CI... Oh. That's the actual official project name, Acoustic Kitty. Perfect. This was a CIA Perfect. project that was launched in the 60s in which they used cats to spy on the Kremlin and Soviet embassies. Um, oh this gosh. was a little bit more invasive than strapping a camera to the animal. In this case, an hour-long procedure was required in which a vet... A veterinary, I like stumbled across that, in which a veterinary surgeon implanted a microphone in the cat's ear canal, along with a small radio transmitter to the base of the cat's skull. Oh, wow. This allowed the cat to record and transmit sound from its surroundings. 
And it turns out this whole idea was a bit of a bust, though, because these men, after spending about $20 million on this project, found that the cats 100% did not do what they wanted them to do, which honestly, they could have saved $20 million if they had just talked to a single person who had owned a cat. Anyone who has... I mean, really just met a cat. Met it a doesn't cat, have to be seen owned. A cat. Of course, they're not going to do what you want. That's the most Heard cat of behavior. Cats. <laughs> like, yeah, ask you, one person. Do you know what a cat is? Um, they're not going to do what you want. Who has ever met a cat, and they'll tell you it's a waste of time. But hey, they tried. The first acoustic kitty mission was to eavesdrop on two men in a park outside the Soviet embassy in Washington, D.C., The cat was released nearby and didn't end up going anywhere near the right direction and supposedly was killed by a taxi immediately, which is not funny at all. I love my fur baby so much, but it's a little funny. I can't can't help but laugh. It's killed by a taxi. Just immediately ran the wrong direction and got hit by a taxi. The CIA claims no cats died during Acoustic Kitty, and that first cat was fine. They took the equipment out of its head, sewed him back up. He lived a long and happy life afterwards, but who knows? Like, I don't believe a word they say regarding most things, and I definitely don't really believe that this cat's okay. But the project was canceled in 1967. (laughs) It was a complete failure. It was not disclosed until the documents were declassified in 2001. No one knew about these kitties until 2001. This was a big old secret. That is actually very impressive. There. But man, they're so dumb that they thought that was good. Who, who? Who and why? Who that thought that comical. they could do this and that cat would do what they wanted it no. to? Immediately the wrong guy. Immediately wrong. And finally, my last one, the bat bomb. Bat bomb mm. absolutely sounds like a weapon Batman keeps on his utility belt. And sure. I don't know yeah. about enough about comic books to say that isn't true. So uh, maybe he does Honestly, have a bat bomb. Mm-hmm. But the bat bomb I'm talking about today was actually an experimental World War II weapon developed by the United States of America. The bomb consisted of a bomb-shaped casing with over a thousand compartments, each containing a hibernating Mexican free-tailed bat with a small timed incendiary bomb attached. Basically, these bats were carrying napalm. So, I don't believe the plan was for the bats to survive, which is not cool. Yeah, it sounds like a suicide little Yeah, suicide bomber bats, basically. I don't like it. But the idea was they wanted these packages to be dropped at, like, dawn by a bomber. Then these little parachutes would deploy and release mid-flight. And then the compartments would open and release the bats, which would disperse. And they would roost in eaves and attics and other inaccessible places in the largely wood and paper constructions of the Japanese cities that were the weapons intended target. And they called this project, uh, project X-ray, which like, why it's already called a bat bomb. Like call it project bat bomb. Why did we need (laughs) X-ray? I know. Just say bat bomb. There's too much going on. Um, Get it complicated. So yeah, like that, that was the idea, which is actually kind of a clever idea because Bats are pretty unnoticeable, and they do roost in they places. Just They'll just curl up and then, yep. you know, set fire. Um, True. But the bat bombs were never used in service. It was actually kind of a mess. They had to test it before, obviously. Uh, they tried it, and in one case, the Carlsbad Army Airfield Auxiliary Air Base in Carlsbad, New Mexico, uh, 
was set on fire. The whole thing Ooh, no. in May of 1943. Um, the bats so were really didn't go well. accidentally released, and they roosted under a fuel tank, and it just oh, fucking no. incinerated the entire test range. <laughs> so bad what a bad testing did not go well did not Could go well not have gone worse oh no now they really were considering this though as their 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 um is the way they were going to end the war essentially but they just kind of ran out of time because by 1944 they had spent almost two million on the bat bomb which would be almost 30 million today so it's a lot of money to spend on the bat bomb money going into these animals in general and the people that were running these tests and running this program said it wouldn't be combat ready until mid 1945 um so it was moving way too slowly everyone was focusing at the time on another project that they were working on that they felt was another quick end to the war. It was something called the Manhattan Project, which we now know today as the invention and production of the world's first atomic bombs. The inventor of the bat bomb, his name was uh, Little Adams or Lytle Adams, L-Y-T-L-E. I thought maybe Little, but um, Little Adams, he maintained... Um, after the atomic bombs were dropped that he does he truly believes the bat bombs would have been effective without the devastating events of the atomic bomb Uh, he was quoted as saying just imagine thousands of fires breaking out simultaneously over 40 miles in diameter for every single bomb we dropped that was just one bomb could break out fires simultaneously over 40 miles Japan could have been devastated, but the yeah. loss of life would have been much smaller. Okay. Alas. Well, uh, alas. We never worked out. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Um, <laughs> didn't quite get there. Didn't quite with get the there with the bat bombs. Didn't work. My goodness. <sighs> but it could have. I. I cannot believe all of this happened, mm-hmm. and we just we didn't know about yeah. it, and that they were spending so much money. Oh, so much on money! All of these like creatures. literally, like insane. Now these days, when it's like these black ops operations, we don't know where this money's going to. I'm like, I can only fucking right. imagine what you bozos are trying to do with this money, with my 100%. tax dollars. And my road is a piece of shit, and my parents' road is a piece of shit, and you're strapping napalm to bats. Jesus. You're sending cats out into the streets to do (laughs) absolutely nothing but purr at a taxi. And we need to fill the potholes. It's just very unfair. Anyway, Anyway. on that uplifting note, that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you guys so much for watching our show or listening but we hope you're watching it here on youtube because we're only going to start playing more and more and more with visuals but we promise we'll make sure that the show is still fun to listen to for those of you who like to listen while driving or cleaning or working so please follow us on social media at keep it weirdcast we're still doing witchy wednesdays and sharing spells and witchy tips every week and tarot tuesdays where busy bee coven is teaching us the tarot cards one by one we're focusing on one tarot card a week we're going to learn the whole goddamn deck and of course please donate to our patreon at www.patreon.com slash keep it weird podcast because that's how this show gets made so if you like our show Give us five dollars. Help us out, please. Okay, Ma, the bees are back. It's time for Hive Mind.
In case you did okay. not tune in last week, we are now going to close the show with a psychic test. Lauren and I have always been told we have a weird mind connection, so now it's time to put our honey where our mouth is ah, and link these brainwaves up. Currently, we're using Zener cards, which I explained last week, Zener. but they were created in the 30s to test ESP, um, and uh, it didn't get the results they wanted but that doesn't matter we're gonna try it today <laughs> and it's lauren's turn to try and send okay. a signal to my brain Lauren, i'm just gonna lower my head and show you the card then i'm gonna place the card to the okay. side face down okay. and you're gonna try and send me a psychic message to tell me what the card is okay ready <clears throat> okay yes i got it it's locked in Okay, send that message to my brain. Triangle. All right, so still not a psychic. We're zero, uh, for zero. zero for two. Okay, well, maybe next time we will develop our We are not doing test. well. You know what? Wait, is triangle even an option? Yeah, triangle. Wait. <laughs> no. No, not even an option. <laughs> So uh, we'll try. <laughs> we'll try that again. We'll try that again next week. In the meantime, I hope you guys all keep it weird. <laughs> keep it weird. <laughs>